This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello, and welcome to Lifetime Uncourt. The show where we talk about your favorite made-for-TV movies. I am your host, Patrick Toronto, and today we are talking... Oh, wait. No, today my guests are... Kathleen! And Olivia! And Olivia! (laughs) Sorry, I forgot to say that part where we say our names. Yes, Olivia, welcome to the show. So fun. And you, again, aren't a normal person. You're a Lifetime movie star. How exciting. Very exciting, and thank you for having me. I'm very excited to talk to you guys. Uh, you know, and we we say we don't do these interviews often, but they are becoming more frequent, which is so fun. What a thrill. What a thrill. People want to talk to us. That's so funny. But Olivia, this isn't your first Lifetime movie, right? You have been in some in the past, and this is your first, like, starring role. Is that correct? So this is my first lead. Yes, you're right. This is my first lead. Um, in order of filming, this was the third one I filmed. Um, I did another, I did a, had a very small role in another one that filmed two or three months ago, but my little fun fact, my, one of my very first jobs when I moved out to LA five years ago was as like a featured extra on a lifetime film. And I absolutely loved it. It was so much fun. Everyone was so kind and so cool. And then five years later, I got my own. And I was like, that's a, that's a good moment. That's awesome. It's like up, 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 up. Like Olivia, like killing it. We didn't mention the title of your, your Lifetime movie where you're the, uh, you know, the principal lead. Uh, what is that movie called? Her Fiance's Double Life or Falling for a Killer. There's two titles. Oh, okay. Because it does definitely open with a woman falling down an elevator shaft. And I really enjoy that double play on words. Oh, yeah. We love the double play. Why do you know why the name was changed? You know, I don't know actually. Um, it uh, it well the the working title when we were filming was Psycho Fiance, which I loved. Yes. Yeah, and then and then it became her fiance's double life, and then right before it was released, um, they changed it to Falling for a Killer, and I don't know if it's because it was like it's now on Hulu, so I don't know if it's like a Hulu title. And then a lifetime title. I'm not really sure. Interesting. They're fun titles. Yeah, they or maybe like in Canada, it's like falling for whatever. You know what I mean? Like maybe. internationally, it's known as one thing, and then in the states, it's something else. Yep. I also wonder how Lifetime doesn't double up on like there's because their movies are so similar. It's always like how many like a cheerleader with a secret. Or like a secret of cheerleader. <laughs> She's got pep and a secret. Like there's there's only like so many. Oh yeah. It's true. There definitely is like um there's her husband's double life, her his wife's double life. Like there's a there's a bunch of them. It's great. Well, and this is why I can never remember the titles of, of any movie, even after I've watched it. Like, I'm like, wait, yeah. what's the movie we're talking about today? We did do a recap of this movie on the podcast. So, Kathleen, I know you have seen the movie. Um, do you need a refresher on what happened? Uh, how were we feeling? I think I'm okay. I have my notes. Okay, great. I think, I think, I'm, I think I'm, I'm, it's a fresh in my brain from Saturday Night. 
Perfect. If so, if you haven't, if you're listening and you're like, oh, Olivia sounds great, but I didn't watch the movie, just listen to the episode we did where we covered it uh, in in detail with the boys from the, the deck, the Hallmark. Um, and they loved it. Or only one of them actually watched it, Olivia. So he loved it, Bran. And I also was a big fan. I loved it uh, Kathleen, what were your thoughts on the movie? I loved it so much. I, I love that because I feel like in this type of insert man with double life story we're usually coming at it from the fiance's point of view or the wife's point of view or the girlfriend's point of view and like at the end she finally sees all the red flags and surprise he's gonna kill you but not before explaining why but i feel like with this movie to be from the perspective of the front of the sister and like you know the out the outsider of the relationship who's like wait a second my sister's fiance really sucks a lot (laughs) like it's we because everyone has at least had a friend with a terrible partner or a terrible boyfriend or a terrible whatever let alone a a sibling totally especially there's a scene where you meet him for the first time and you're like the your parents like your character parents in this movie are literally the worst i want to know where they were on january 6th like i've got a lot of questions about these parents but you're sitting in their fancy backyard and he is absolutely already wildly unhinged and your face like looking at him is like what the hell like who (laughs) what and it's just like we've all been the friend making that face totally and that's like the ethos of the whole movie. It really is. I was joking at one point when we were filming it. I was like, I feel like this whole time I just have this like look on my face of like, what is going on? And it doesn't leave, but it's so, it was so much fun. And, and you like, you pull from real life because you're so right. We all have that friend. I don't have any siblings really, but we all have that friend that had that relationship and you're like oh god the whole whole time so it yes definitely drew from real life there yeah i could i that face looked like a real face (laughs) (laughs) yeah let's talk about that scene in particular in the backyard because that's where we meet uh your character olivia and she's the sister coming in right she's She's kind of like older than the girl who's getting married and they're they're Everyone thinks like she's jealous, but she's not really jealous, right? She's concerned for her sister. It's coming from a genuine place. And in that scene, it seemed like there was a lot of like improv. Was that scene scripted the way that it was shot or was it kind of come together on set? It, uh, it, for the most part, it was shot as it was scripted. The bit we played around with, or the, the guys played around with the whole, like say safety school one more time and like the whole little punching thing yeah that was that was brought together while we were setting up the shot and and the guys were kind of figuring out how they would how they would play that scene out in a way that was like authentic for them and uh and so that was like you know Jonathan getting up and coming over to dad and like giving him the little punch and like dad falling over on mom with mom's like holding her bloody mary trying not to spill it um, yeah, that was all quite just just within the building of it while we were there. Iconic. Iconic, really. It was great. It was so great. And how we like 
go pushes past me and i'm like what is happening <laughs> it's really really fun it seemed like all the actors on this film specifically in the family setting seemed like very game yeah to just kind of play around and like have fun yes so was that the environment with the crew with the cast i mean yes totally um there was a bit of crossover like jonathan uh and aubrey who played my sister they had worked together previously so they they had that camaraderie already um the our the mom and dad they're just they're just wonderful and and dad mike gasway he he works constantly i mean that that guy is always working on something so he so the, everyone was just like super game like you said super game to play and to riff off of each other and I feel like we all had a really great like kind of kind of work relationship with one another because it was also shot in South Carolina so we we're all there together like staying in a hotel or you know we're, we're together so often that I think that it kind of built that relationship and for me when I was watching it I definitely felt it I was I just having those little moments I could I could see it uh, so I think that that lends itself to us all just being game for anything. So you're saying it was basically like Dawson's Creek when they all were like stuck in North Carolina for four years. Basically, yes. <laughs> Got it. What was it like for you being like, you know, the, this is like your first lifetime leading role. I know you've done leading roles in other films. Uh, were you intimidated? I mean, you were working with some pretty like heavy hitters at lifetime. We'll get to Lindsay later. But what, what was it like for you coming in being the newbie? Um, it, I was nervous. I was really, really nervous. Um, I, I think it took me a couple of days to kind of shake away my own little voices, you know, of self-doubt, which are very natural, which is very natural for artists and all that, you know, as you're kind of, as you're working through new projects. Um, I have to say Jonathan and Aubrey, who are like absolute lifetime legends. Oh yeah. They really helped me through it because they were having so much fun and they were so relaxed and they would ask a lot of questions. Just having that be around me really, really helped as well. Um, and the the whole experience was just fantastic. It was so much fun for me, but but yeah, I felt it the first couple of days. So you can do this you can do and you this. did yeah. you did do it you, you you did it you nailed it we were like oh man yeah. olivia she's good yeah she, oh she, thank she you. knows what she's doing in a lifetime movie right yeah thank you how i was surprised when we talked to joy she was saying how quickly it was filmed how how long did it take to film this movie or i guess how quick was it i think it was 13 12 or 13 film days wow. i was gone for just about three weeks you know a couple days to kind of get acclimated into the city and do like costume fittings and that kind of thing and then i think it was yeah 12 13 film wow. days and they're packed and like joy said too in in her in her interview it's like one two shots or one two takes next shot one two takes next shot like it wow. is just which is which is great it's a huge challenge because you have to come prepared like you have to know there's no time for if you mess up a line you you know you do it again or like there's no time for that so you have to come really really prepared which is a great challenge as you know as an actor it's just of just being so focused and so ready for every single shot that you're about to do and finding the emotion very quickly and and all of that 
Wow. It's great. And I would imagine, too, um, like, there was a lot of running around, and there you got shot. Like, there was, <laughs> there were, like, some stunt work in there. What was getting shot like? You know, like, how... <laughs> <laughs> lots of running down corridors, well, lots of shoving, lots of like fighting. Like how, how did that all work? Especially on yes. such a tight timeline. Oh gosh. That stuff is so much fun. That is my, fa- my very first, like my segue into film and television. My whole background is uh, a dancer. I was a professional dancer oh. for years. And my segue into film and television was working for a year as like a semi stunt woman. So doing fighting. I love doing fight scenes they're so much fun for me so for the shot I wasn't that was CGI so I didn't actually get shot it was more the crash pad was there and somebody says bang and I (laughs) and I react yeah fight scene with Jonathan and I with my field hockey stick we have a few different versions of a field hockey stick that are made of foam the goal is not to hit him obviously you know it's all the camera angles um but just in case there's contact it's foam so it you know in theory it shouldn't hurt him but all that stuff is so much fun but again it's like just knowing exactly the marks and the angles and rehearsing it back to back multiple times so then when you shoot it it's like you have it quickly but those scenes will always take a little bit longer to film you always have to allocate just a little bit of extra time it's you have to get them perfect you know oh yeah that's scary. That's so scary to have to do that. That is scary. And like the, you could, that's interesting that the um, lacrosse stick was foam. Cause I feel like what my number one complaint for Hallmark movies, we're not going to bring lifetime into this, mm. but for Hallmark <laughs> is all of the empty coffee cups that you can tell are just empty, like just swinging around. <laughs> and oh like, my gosh. you could just tell there's no weight in that. So like you could, you could not tell that this lacrosse, like it felt like it had the heft of a real acrostic. Oh, yeah. good. Yes, <laughs> good. Yeah, that's that's so funny. That's my husband's biggest pet peeve is the empty coffee cup when someone's yeah. running and they've got the coffee cup. <laughs> He's like, the coffee does not stay in that. Like, just put water in it. Somebody, somebody right. get my just note. Oh, Mark. Oh, the other thing I thought that was so cool about this movie is one of the characters was deaf and used ASL and you got to do a lot of signing back because you were the only um, person compassionate enough in that family to learn it, to speak to a woman who worked for your family for, I don't know, 30 years. And right. What was that? <laughs> And like, what was that like learning ASL for portions of this film? So it was so cool. I was so happy that I got to do that because that's not, that's so rare. Yeah. Um. So the writer, Jay Black, uh, his wife has family members who are deaf or hard of hearing. So she speaks ASL fluently. He does too. Uh, well, not as well as she does, but um. But what they did is they filmed videos of her signing all of my lines. So I was learning. So I learned from her, which was very cool. It, it for me as a dancer, it felt like a little dance. So it became this like yeah, choreography. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which was really cool. Um, and the the woman who played um Christina. Hadassah, she was super helpful as well, because I would then ask her, you know, what is, is this making sense to you? Do you want me to phrase it in a different way? Like, so she helped me a bit with that. And there were some other moments in the, in the filming that I wasn't scripted. Like when she's on the ground having her seizure, yeah, 
I said to her, what would I, what would I sign to you if you were in this situation? And so she, she taught me what it was because I didn't have anything scripted there. So it was cool to learn from her and for her to be a part of it. Like she was just a real, she's a really beautiful person. Yeah. So it was very, it was really fun. Very cool. Yeah. It was, it was really, as soon as like, cause she was in one of the first scenes, like as you pull up mm-hmm. to the house mm-hmm. and I, Lifetime is always, I feel like so thoughtful about like nothing is left uh, unused in, in, a, in a movie. So it's like, oh, this is going to come back. There's going to be some reason, you know, like, it was just, and it was I just thought it was thoughtful I mean I'm not a member of the hard of hearing mm-hmm. deaf community um so I certainly can't speak for them but I thought it was um just a thoughtful and unique use of sign language in a movie I totally agree and I I I really I really hope that that more of this yeah. comes around too because she was just so professional and talented and and how wonderful to have that be a part of the film. I just thought that I thought that was just such great writing and um, on on Jay's part. And I also really liked how they with the editing, you know, because a lot of this, I don't I don't know what they're going to do with it until I actually see it, too. Um, But with the editing, when they changed the sound every time there was a conversation. Yes. For her. I noticed that, Mm -hmm. too. Which which was very, very cool. Yeah, I liked that element. Well, because we love representation, you know, of course, when we talk about that on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Was that so? That all was in the script when you when you received the script. Uh, all the hearing impaired stuff was in there as well. Yeah. So it um so in the script it will say like in parentheses it will say, uh, this will all be signed like signed. So yeah. I knew going in, um, and then they sent me all the videos to go along with it. So I was learning the videos on the plane. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> so cool. Flying to South Carolina. Just... <laughs> It was cool again too how like we we talked to Joya and she's so into the body positivity movie body neutrality all of that and her character had nothing to do with her size she was just representing people of size in a movie and yes they used the sign language in the plot of the film but her character didn't have to be hard of it like it wasn't her character wasn't being wasn't about the fact that she couldn't hear her character was that she had worked for this family for a long time and the parents sucked yeah. <laughs> like like yeah. her character was just like a really sweet woman and which is why I was shocked when she was almost thank god she, spoiler alert everyone's seen it that's why you're watching it but what I've seen it yeah because I was I literally had a tally of that because it felt like a high body count in this movie although it ended up just being two it feels like a lot more yeah I was like not her. I was certainly expecting the parents to die. They, you know, and they did it. And I was like the nicest person in this cast. Yeah. These characters. Yeah. I'm so, I'm so with you. When I was reading the script for the first time, I was like, oh, hell no. She cannot die in this. <laughs> I know. She's too good. <laughs> well, and your character too, Olivia, gets shot and uh, we get, uh, I truly thought your character was dead. I'm like, dang, they killed the leading lady. What? Uh, so that was wild. So when you received the script, did you know it was going to be a Lifetime movie? Or uh, was it just a, a movie that was be- that you, uh, were you offered this role, I guess? I don't know. How did that whole process happen? Yeah. I, so I didn't know when I booked the role. I, I auditioned for this. I went through a couple of auditions for this. Um and I had just come off of doing another made-for-TV film, which was a big Lifetime crew. Um, and it was the same casting director that 
brought me in. So because of that, I had an inkling that it was for lifetime, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure until I like talked to my agent later on. And, and she was like, yeah, this is, this is going to be a life because it comes up as like a made for TV film. Mm -hmm. Um, that's, that's the information that I have until booking the role and then learning more. So after that, and I think, I think through the audition process, I actually got the whole script, which when, whenever I, that happens, which isn't always, I always love to read the whole script. So I just understand a little bit more about what's going on. And I just love reading scripts. It's so much fun. <laughs> so, uh, so I, yeah, I, I knew that I knew the idea of it and I saw like how dramatic it was. And I was like, oh, I think this might be lifetime. But, um, but yeah, I got the confirmation after I, I booked the job before leaving. Cool. Knowing that it's a lifetime or suspecting it's a lifetime, does that affect how you're going to uh, approach the role as opposed to another network or another movie? A little bit. I think the context of any project that you're doing, you know, if you've got like a low budget indie film or if it's like a film noir, I think Lifetime definitely has its style of drama um, in the same way that that other uh, styles of film do too. So I it it does and it doesn't. It's still an authentic person that is still going through this heightened situation and she's like she's got her mission and she's got to do what she's got to do and they're all you know this is real this is this is her reality so that doesn't change I think it's more um understanding like in a way like how it will be filmed sometimes finding a little bit more height in the drama and that that kind of thing that sort of changes that's so cool. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about all these Lifetime movies is like you realize everyone is acting at their t the top of their ability. The thing that makes it like a Lifetime is just that like little bit of camp yes. that comes with like the sound effects, with some of the writing, with some like there's the just sort of the ridiculousness of the situations. But they're actually not that ridiculous. They're you not. Know? Like people, like if we've learned anything from movies or from like Lifetime, it's like a woman's greatest threat is literally the guy right next to her. You know? Like, yes. you are most likely to be murdered by your spouse. Yes. Like, that's just a fact of, of lifetime. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And I just, it is people, yeah, the actors are always going at the top of their abilities, but then you'll get this crazy monologue about why, you know, this person is getting killed and the, and the sound effects and all the things that give it that little edge of camp yes. that we love. We love, and that's why we love movies too. Like I love, I that's why I love yeah. film. It's just so much fun. Um, but and and yeah, I think that's you're exactly right. That's the that's the element that Lifetime has really done very well, too. I mean, we love going back to those movies. It's so much fun. I've been um, listening to uh, You Must Rem Remember This. Do you guys know that podcast? You Must Remember This about it's about um, it's Karina Longworth. It's about like the first century of Hollywood. Uh, and right now they're doing 90s um, like 
uh, fatal attraction type of movies and how that affected the uh, the movies uh, things. And it's like very much the baseline of like Lifetime, like the single white females, the stuff like that. So it's been really mm -hmm. interesting to like hear how uh, the mainstream of that and Lifetime was like capitalizing on that and kind of had woven that into their mission statement. So all the oh interesting it's really interesting i want to listen to that yeah check it yeah. out uh you must remember this another theme from the movie i'm looking at my notes and it is lifetime on court so they get slightly messier as because i uh, uncorked and unwrapped a little edible so there you go. <laughs> so my handwriting is but um the um there's a theme of oh she's just jealous this whole movie because she's the older sister and she's not married rude. you know but so meanwhile, she's a district attorney like she's she's a very competent woman which we can tell by her wearing business suits on the beach like she yes. is a very she's got a great life and she's very successful but the whole theme of the movie is anytime she's like hey don't you think it's weird that this guy is uh getting really angry and threatening people and they're like oh you're just jealous because you're old and not married and like <laughs> and even and the dad is like and she's like hey yeah dad like um it's pretty bad that you like can't even say that you're proud of me and he's like oh you're just jealous like the theme of jealousy what which is like it, and it's gaslighting it's like oh no your concerns aren't valid it must be because you're a crazy woman who's jealous yeah which was so another reason it was so cool to have your perspective be the protagonist of this film as the sister or the friend who's just crazy jealous yes and then to have it all validated at the end yes i'm i'm also always yes. right apparently um but i i've yeah i remember just when i was reading through that too and then as the actor i'm like okay am i really jealous mm. like am i actually jealous or am i not and i toyed with both and i ultimately decided that i am not jealous at all at all at all because like, I'm fine, I'm doing really well. And, um, and also, it's just kind of funny to me, like how frustrating that is when everybody keeps saying you're jealous. And I'm like, Oh, my God, I'm not I'm not jealous. It's like so infuriating. Um, but yeah, it is it it is quite funny. And I think it it kind of lent like to your point too. it is like kind of gaslighting, but it is something that women deal with a lot is like constantly being pinned against each other to being told that they're jealous of one another. And it's like, we're not um and I like how at the end it kind of she comes out on top and there's no grudges she's not like told you so yeah it is it is a really interesting theme that 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 goes throughout and she gets that promotion at the end too yeah and she sure gets does. it she she does very exciting I like that part let's let's talk about the ending really quick before we get to the Lindsay the Lindsay of it all because I gotta ask uh the end is a cliffhanger we have a, a sexy uh, oh man that man was sexy boy, boy, uh, was a sexy <laughs> what wasn't he though Ooh. goodness um anyways that must be so hard to work with all these handsome men all the time <laughs> olivia i don't know how you do it but it ends on a cliffhanger it leaves it open for a part two so it is there talks about a part two have you heard about a part two because we're, we're here for it i think i am here for it too it would be so much fun um I I haven't heard anything about it but um maybe we all just need to send in requests yeah, for it. Yeah, we're starting the campaign right say, here. Let's do it. <laughs> there you go. Cuz it would be so much fun. It would be also because like I know I, I keep harping on how terrible these parents were, but like they were also just fun characters. Like 
they, they really they were are fun to hate. And then at the end, when they kind of saved the day, at least the dad, like, it, and they're like, it does kind of wrap up nicely with like, yeah, we were wrong. My bad. Uh, I guess we probably should have listened to you this entire time. Whoops a doodle. And it's like, I would, and now you're like, okay. Oh yeah. And also maybe we should be nicer to this woman who's been cleaning our home for 30 years. Okay. And it's like, I would like to see a round two with the whole gang. The whole gang. Yeah. Even bring Jonathan back, like just for fun. He's out of jail. Oh yeah. See what happens. He's like uh, writing his like letters in jail, yeah, you know. Doing his it's community like, service. He's got pictures on the wall. Yeah, yeah he's he's a reformed uh, criminal now. Yeah. Um, you know, we got ideas. We'll we'll send yeah. Jay some some of our ideas. Yeah, I'll start working um, on the <laughs> Right there, we go. There we go. Kathleen, we'll do a we'll do an offline meeting yeah. about that. I'm excited. So let's talk about the director of the movie, Lifetime Legend, Lindsay Hartley. Uh, they say, "Don't meet your legends." Uh, so what was it like meeting a legendary Lifetime, uh, not only actress, writer, director, producer, uh, literally does it all. Uh, how, was it wor- how was it working with her? She, she's just so good. I mean, she just, she knows exactly what she wants. She sounds so silly, but she directs very well. And I mean that in like the exact form of the word di- directing people and what their tasks are and who needs to be where and what needs to happen. And this is their schedule and like, we've got to go. And she does it all without compromising her vision. And she also, as an actor, she's so wonderful because she comes in and she can just talk very directly to us actor to actor which is great because it helps her get the shot that she needs right away. And she's just so cool. Like she's the epitome of cool and respected on set by everybody. You can just feel her lifetime of experience. <laughs> oh, I have a little play on words there. Didn't I? <laughs> hey, that's that, we like that. We like that. We're here for it. Well, and Lifetime is, is very uh, vocal about uh, putting females in positions of power um also giving them the agency to uh you know carry out a creative vision and it's interesting because most of my career as an actor i've worked with pretty much exclusively female directors uh and i respond to Mm. to female directors a lot better Do, do you ever think olivia that you would be interested in directing or expanding into other areas of the business like Lindsay has uh definitely you know, when I, when I started my career, um, as I'm saying, as a dancer, I owned a dance school and I was a full-time teacher. I have a long history of choreographing um, live stage shows, music videos, um, fashion shows, photo shoots. So I love being behind the camera. And uh, I wrote, produced, directed a short film a couple years ago. I really, I really enjoy the entire creative process. The, I always kind of use the analogy. You guys will, you guys will totally understand this. I love the analogy of how it's a jigsaw puzzle and the puzzles are just like all over the place and you have to take the time to put it together. And even though at times it can feel so overwhelming, then you see it start to take form and it's so exciting. And then getting to work with the other people to have, to collaborate with them and have their vision collide with your vision like I I just love all of that so um so yeah that is definitely something that I have in my mind for down the pipeline as you know we continue on this journey yeah as a performer um I do you know if Lifetime does like an apprenticeship for upcoming like female um like directors you know I don't know I've never 
I I have not thought about it. Uh, I don't know. We'll add it to our pitch with the yeah. sequel. Excellent. One of yeah. one of uh, <laughs> the the woman uh, who was the lead in the Lifetime movie I was in, Crystal Lowe, uh, she just did an apprenticeship over at Hallmark where she uh, apprenticed oh. on a Tia Maori movie. And I was like, so jealous. I'm oh, wow. like, Tia Maori? Uh, and How fun. it was called like Dance Moms or something. So actually you would have been perfect for it, Olivia. Um, but yeah, I wonder if Lifetime is gonna be doing something like that. That would be very cool um, to kind of see it. And so she just apprenticed uh, another female director and they're like trying to lift each other up, so. Yeah, that's awesome. That. And I love that too. Yeah, it's so cool to work together and, and lift each other up. And, and like, again, even going back to that theme of jealousy, like, it's so not what we do anymore, I find, uh, as women in this industry, it's, it's so counterproductive. Back in the day, we did definitely because there was only that one spot, and there was no room, but now there's room and we're making more space. So uh, so I I love that that example of working together, lifting each other yeah, up, and absolutely. I do find in all my experiences with women, and I, I primarily do theater and music, but the, every single person, every single woman, is always like, oh yeah, yeah. Let me tell you about this, and actually, you should go work with them. And this person, like the, the every fellow female colleague I've ever experienced, has been nothing but helpful. Which leads me to, I need to know about Wonder Woman. Yes. You were an Amazon, a, a stunt person on Wonder Woman. And I, what was that like being with like just hordes of incredibly talented athletic women? That, this is a great topic connection, mm-hmm. like segue. Um, Cause like even speaking about female directors, Patty Jenkins, like, oh, so amazing. What a, what an incredible director she is as well. Um, that was, that was a really, so I was on, I was on Wonder Woman for, I'd say about 10 months, uh, because the audition process took two months to do. And then as an Amazon, I had to go through, uh, training. We all, we all did. Um, and that was what they called Amazon bootcamp. And it lasted for like six months. Uh, and this was, I lived in England for five years. So this was when I was living in London, um, that I auditioned for this role and, uh, they auditioned something like 900 to a thousand women. And they, by the end of it, there was 20 of us. So we were the 20 casted Amazons that went on to filming. Um, and they, it quite honestly, it was, um, it was a life-changing experience for me, obviously for the, the professional sense, but, uh, in the, in the other sense of my relationship with other women and, opening myself up to like female friendships. Cause for a long time, I was like quite closed off um, just with ne- from negative experiences. Like I was bullied a lot as a kid. And so I just never really had any good female friends. And then Wonder Woman comes along and I'm training with these incredible women every single day for like six hours a day. And the next thing you know, like we're all just best friends and sisters. And I'm like, what is happening? And it, it really helped me reshape my my relationship with with like with female friends and girl power and the the power of what happens when you come together and you work together and cheer each other on i mean that was that's all we did for 10 months was root for each other and we still do they're all still in london but they're actors and dancers and models and every time they they book something we have like a whatsapp group chat and we're like hey congratulations 
like just saw you booked this, you know, where it's, it's super important. So that's so cool. Yeah. It was just, it, I could go on and on. It was just an, that was an incredible year of my life. It was wonderful. And it's also so cool to be a part of, I mean, just like those scenes with the Amazon women are, are something that we hadn't really seen before in film. And like, there's mm-hmm. so cool for me as like an old crusty woman to see, but I would imagine so cool for like girls coming up, seeing this on their movie screens, TV screens, iPad screens for, for the little ones. And like, this is mm-hmm. just the reality yeah. now is like women are strong and cool and can do all these amazing, wonderful things. It's so true. And I think that was one of the, after it came out, one of the coolest things was having people reach out to me, you know, like friends and family saying, Hey, can you like get on a FaceTime with my niece? Or can you send me like an autograph photo of like for my grandkid or, you know, for these young girls and then seeing the Halloween costumes and friends and family taking pictures and and sending me their like six-year-old in a Wonder Woman costume. And I mean, that, that has power. That really, really has power. Um, that, that was incredibly rewarding because you think of it as we were thinking of it as we were filming it. We were like, how cool is this going to be when it comes out? And then it comes out and you see the effect and you're like, oh my God, that was huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, it seemed like it was like a, a pivotal moment for you, uh, you know, especially like coming into your own power as a, a a woman totally and an artist a female artist and giving you perspective on like the projects that you're pursuing um for your career because uh you have done some really uh amazing work uh not just in the lifetime movie that we love but you know like the it, there's just so many great uh roles that you've accumulated into your uh yeah. catalog uh there is one that i wanted to ask about because um, we usually advocate for for our favorite Lifetime stars to do a Christmas movie, but you've already done a Christmas movie where you played a, a same-sex couple. Um, mm-hmm. And Kathleen, I brought you the the synopsis because I just want you to hear the synopsis because it's, um, it's iconic. I can't it's wait. A, a, amazing. It's adorable. It, it's called Looking for Her. Ooh. Okay. I know. I haven't seen it. It came out last last Christmas. Um, And the synopsis is as follows. Uh, Taylor is headed home for the holidays and her family is finally ready to meet her girlfriend, Jess. But Jess isn't her girlfriend anymore. So Taylor holds open auditions for someone to play the part for the holidays. Oh, my goodness. And I have a feeling they really fall in love, even though it was just a a role. Oh, wow. Yep. Art imitates life. Or is it vice versa? I don't know. But yes. you know what I mean. I love it. <laughs> did, did you watch it? Or, I haven't watched it yet, but but I am definitely going to. Next uh, I think um, I think it's going to come out. So we released it right before the holidays, but then it got bought up by a distributor who was going to re-release it this coming holiday. Okay. So we don't know where it's going to go quite yet. I think right now you can rent it. Yeah, you can rent it right now, but it'll be on a streamer this coming holiday. Um, but the the filmmaker of that, her name is Ali Smorens. And this is the second film I've done with her. The first film I did with her was one of my first movies back in 2018. And it was also one of her first, it was her first feature film as a director. And, uh, and now, and she's just been climbing up, up and up. And this was like, this was like her big one, it, you know, totally funded investors, distributor, like really big deal for her. Um, and we've also just become 
very, very good friends. She was at my wedding a few months ago and oh, she's awesome. so incredibly talented. Yeah, she's fantastic. And I love it so much. And yeah, she she's got a wonderful mission and she's an incredible, she's an incredible artist. And the movie's so cute. It's so fun. Right. I love it. It's like everyone's <laughs> so worried about the gays being in Christmas movies. I'm like, what do you think's gonna happen at Christmas with the gays? We're just gonna be decorating and having fun. Yeah. Like everybody else. <laughs> no, that if there's anything the world needs, it's just more gay Christmas movies. And a les- 100%. lesbians get a bad rap at Christmas, okay? We we don't talk about the lesbian Christmas movies nearly enough. No. We don't. There was the one with Kristen Stewart that was so good. But yeah, we need more. Yes. We yes. need more. We need more. More we lesbian. More- especially yeah. because one of my favorite things about Lifetime movies and Hallmark movies, especially the Christmas ones, are the impeccable hair and makeup. And if we can get double hair and makeup on two ladies, yes, please. I will say, in looking for her... My character is very, almost quite similar to, to, um, what's the name of my character again? Darcy. Very similar to Darcy. <laughs> like, <I don't> know. <laughs> um, very like career driven and, and, but, but Taylor's very well put together and the makeup artist on it was so talented. So my, my face is just like flawless at every single shot. Like she did such a good job. I was so excited. Um, but then Olive, the who plays the actor, um, she is very disheveled. So it's a really fun contrast. But I, you will not be disappointed. Oh, but I bet Tell there's us. a makeover there's scene. Is there a makeover montage? Is there a makeover scene? No, Ugh. there's no makeover montage. You're telling me we well, have to love people for who they are. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. What we don't, <laughs> we need a makeover, uh, or maybe an audition montage. There's definitely a montage in there. There is there is a an audition montage which is very entertaining. That is like my second favorite montage. It's like a makeover montage and then an audition montage. Like I just watch Pitch Perfect the first part of it like all the time. I also love a self improvement oh. montage like the um the Elwoods oh. Legally Blonde one. We're gonna buy a computer. We're gonna start studying, and I like it to be done over one inspirational song. Preferably by Hoku. We need Hoku only, please. Oh my gosh, it's so true. Um, Olivia, what else is coming up for you? I guess, you know, we've kind of touched on Christmas. Christmas movie is coming out officially. Um, you can stream it now, but what, what do you have working on or what, what can you tell us that is in development? So I have, there's another film that's coming out, um, that will, I don't know what it's going to be on. Um, that's going to be called Cheer Drama Murder. I Ooh, yes! yes, that sounds amazing. It is excellent. Yeah, I, I love all those things. Yes, all those things. <laughs> so true. Um, that was an absolute blast. But that definitely has some familiar faces. Um, Brittany Goodwin is in it. If she's a, yeah. a lifetimer, um, and it was directed by Dylan Vox, who's done a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. so we don't know when that's coming out, but it hopefully is soon because I'm dying to see it. Um, and then I had, uh, I have a film that just came out on Tubi two weeks ago. Um, that's very gritty kind of film noir thriller. I'm the anti-heroine type of character. Uh, and that's called Toxic Impulses. So that's a fun one. Very different. Um, and I think that's it right now yeah that's it that's enough olivia that's, that's plenty sounds you, exciting you're, you're doing the thing you're... we're all we're all doing the things we're all trying <laughs> well it has been so fun 
chatting with you you um, too you know we are so glad that we got to connect i, I think we were like an instagram where we were instagram friends we're like let's do it um which is the best way i find to uh see if you like vibe and you're like are we are we getting along i think we are yeah. do you have uh any speaking of instagram social medias you'd like to plug or any stuff like that yeah i do where so people find you so my instagram is at olivia deanne d-e-a-n-n-e um, and then I also, I don't know if this is of interest to anybody, but I also help run a nonprofit out in LA and, um, that is called the shoebox project. So we can find more information on that too. If anyone's interested in kind of getting involved in, I run the Los Angeles chapter, uh, but for listeners anywhere, they, they, for the mo the major cities across the States all have chapter coordinators. I do LA, um, and if anyone wants to get involved in their community, then that's kind of a fun way to start. It's a, a nonprofit that uh, helps women who are impacted by homelessness. So you can dance, are gorgeous, great at acting, and also a philanthropist. Cool. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> great. Great. <laughs> no pressure, Kathleen. I, no I pressure. really am feeling like a slacker here today. Right? <laughs> Jeez, we just do a podcast. I, your podcast is excellent because I have been listening to it nonstop ever since I found you guys. So oh, thank you for all that you do. So it keeps me entertained oh. when I'm sitting in LA traffic, which is always. Right, all the, all time, the time, of course. Uh, Kathleen, how about you? Anything for Pluggy Time? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm Kathleen Sing Stuff on Instagram and TikTok. Um, also, if anyone's in New York on Tuesday the 16th from 10 to midnight, I'm playing at Haswell Greens in Times Square. Taking oh, nice. all your requests, baby. Singing all the pop covers. So I love it. That's so cool. Yeah. I want to go. It's very yeah, fun. Like, what, do, what do I want to request? What do I want Kathleen to sing? <laughs> Well, great. Uh, you can find me at Patrick Miguel, and uh, I don't really have anything coming up. Uh, Bramble Fest is coming, so if you're going to go to that in Greenville, South Carolina, I will be there as a featured person, um, so that's fun. And, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see you uh, in the next episode, whenever that comes out. Okay. Uh, that's it for now. Bye. Bye. Bye.